All right, well, as, as everyone knows by now, if you didn't know already, we're thinking about talking about the fruit of the Spirit. That passage, that special list, is in Galatians in chapter 5, as you know. And I'm going to read it. Galatians 5, starting in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Holy Father, thank you that we have the chance now to sit at your table and to be fed by your word. This morning we're thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so I do, we are ready and eager to receive, receive the gifts that you so generously give. May you plant them in our hearts and may you grow a beautiful garden of the fruit of the Spirit in this church, in our hearts, through this ministry, to the glory of your name. Amen. All right, well, I, as I prepared for this sermon this week, I was reminded of a very fun word. Uh, I, I thought it was such an excellent word, I want to share it with you. It's fun to say. Uh, probably some people in this room know this word already, but maybe many don't. The word is this. You've got to say it carefully. It's fructification. That's a real word. Fructification. Fructification, that is a word that means the process of bearing fruit. The process of bearing fruit is fructification. If you are saved by grace through faith in Christ, then the process of fructification is happening to you right now. Right now you are fructifying. That is a fact. I told you I have to say it careful. Now if you're saved by grace through faith in Christ, that is your status. Now there's two different things that can get confused. There's justification. That's when all of our sins are forgiven and we're washed in the blood of Christ. And we're received into his family. We're justified, considered righteous in God's eye. And there's fructification. That's the process whereby we bear fruit to the glory of God's great name. We become more and more like Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit becomes more evident in our life. Now that's for all of us. That's not for some small selection of a super elite group of gifted Christians. This is, this is the normal Christian life. We should all be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe not to the same degree. It's a process. But we should all have evidence of that fruit in our lives. So, so, so right at the outset of the sermon, I need to point out something that's obvious, but it's easy to miss. The word fruit in this passage is singular. The text reads, the fruit of the Spirit is, and then it lists nine things. It does not read, the fruits of the Spirit are, and then lists those things. Now that's not a normal way to talk, that's actually kind of a weird way to talk. Uh, if I said, the characteristic of my wife is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you'd say, well, that's not really one characteristic, 
Those are many characteristics. You should say the characteristics of my wife are. But Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And even though that is a slightly awkward way to talk, that is not a grammatical error. That is a deep spiritual truth. What Paul is not saying is that this is a list of spiritual fruits, and maybe some Christians have certain ones, other Christians have other ones. He's not saying that. He's saying that there is only one fruit of the Spirit, just one. And that one fruit contains all these different components. And every Christian should be bearing this one fruit with all of its components in his or her life. This is the normal Christian life, to have the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control fructifying in your life. Now, I bet, I bet if you've been in a number of different churches, you, you maybe have seen like a banner with this verse on it about the fruit of the Spirit, or maybe like in my grandma and grandpa's church that we used to visit in Ohio, they, it, it was a beautiful old church, and they had sta- big stained glass windows, and when I would, my, I would, my mind would wander, and I'd look around the church, and I would see one particular, I remember it, one particular stained glass window had this verse, and it said the fruit of the Spirit is, and then it had a lot of different fruits on the, in the picture, kind of symbolically representing the fruits of the Spirit. So that implies that maybe, maybe someone, here, I brought some fruits with me. Let's see. Maybe, let's just say, I know this is just a banana, but let's just say this is the fruit of love. Okay? Did you know love looked like that? This is the fruit of love. And maybe somebody has that fruit of love. Maybe somebody else Here's an apple. Let's call that patience. Maybe somebody else over here, maybe someone here has patience, right? And here's, here's a strawberry, a nice big one. Maybe that strawberry is kindness. Maybe somebody way over here has a gift of kindness. So we've got love here. We've got patience over here. And we've got kindness, somebody over there. Maybe if we put all of those fruits of the Spirit together... We would, uh, I don't know, we would have a, a, a Holy Spirit fruit salad, a fruit salad of the Spirit. We just put them all together, and that's what. Well, what I'm going to suggest to us is that is not what this passage is saying. And what I love is that your picture here that you've been using, it gets it right, right? There's just one fruit here. I don't know exactly what this fruit is. It it looks like a pear. It's shaped like a pear. I've never seen a pear with those colors before. It's a special kind of fruit of the Spirit, right? It's one fruit. I love it. It's one fruit, but it's got all of these things in it, in the one fruit. That's a perfect picture to use. The one that I came up with is not quite as good as this multicolored pear. I couldn't find one of those at the store. What I came up with is here. This is an example of maybe how we can think about the fruit of the Spirit. Because this is one orange, right? Just one orange. But contained in this one orange that grew on a tree from one bud, 
and from one blossom then turned into one piece of fruit. But if you open it up, there's multiple components to this one piece of fruit. And I think that is a better fruit to represent the fruit of the Spirit. There is no place for the kind of thinking that would say, well, I'm faithful and I'm self-controlled, but I'm not really patient. So that's not my personality. Maybe somebody else has the fruit of patience, but not me. That's not my thing. That's, that's the wrong way to think about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, by definition, cannot be separated. It's one fruit. It all goes together. If you are genuinely faithful and self-controlled, you know what? You will be patient. If you are not a patient person, that is not an isolated problem. You don't just have a patient patience problem if you're not a patient person. There are bigger, bigger spiritual issues at stake there because all of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit hold together. So it's not hard to see how this works. Paul begins with love. That's the one we began with when we were shouting them out. Of course he begins with love. Right? Earlier in the book of Galatians, Paul said that the whole law is fulfilled in one word, love. He said that in Christ we have been set free to love. Love is the result of the work of the Spirit in our lives. And if our lives are devoid of love, they are devoid of the Spirit. If you're not a loving person, you don't have the Spirit. But if love is genuinely present in our lives, then there is no question that there will be joy in our lives. Love produces joy. We're made to love God and to love each other. And when we do that, it brings joy. Joy to us and joy to others. It's joyful to love. And of course, if your life is full of love and joy, well, inevitably that's going to result in peace. People who aren't loving and aren't joyful don't have peace. They're restless. They're unsatisfied. But if you show me someone who's full of love and full of joy, I guarantee you that is a peaceful person. And patience, that's a tough one, right? Many of us struggle with patience. I definitely do. Partly that's the result of the culture we live in, which is basically set up to create unrest, to make us impatient. But mostly it's because we want to be in control of the world and of our lives, and we get impatient when things don't go according to our plan, according to our timeline, we get impatient. Impatience comes when I focus on myself, my needs, my desires, I become impatient. Patience comes from fixing my eyes on Christ and walking by the Spirit, and trusting Him. Some of the best advice I was ever given is this. Is I was told, for every one look that you look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. Right? And I think that ratio is about right, but often we get it inverted, or I do anyways. So I mostly focus on me, my situation, my needs, my desires, occasionally glance up, look at Christ. Instead of fixing my eyes on Christ, and only occasionally glancing down and looking at myself and my needs. So I'm working on that. And if you're impatient like me, then I hope you're working on that too. But the temptation for all of us is to then isolate that one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit and focus on that and try to cultivate patience apart from the other aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. But that is the wrong way to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. That would be like if you were just trying to grow one section of an orange on an orange tree. Right? You, you, you can't do it. They all grow together. 
You're never going to walk up to an orange tree and see just one section hanging there. Right? They grow in a whole orange. And that means if, that, if you're having a patience problem, then you are also, by definition, having a love problem. And you're having a joy problem. You're having a peace problem. And a kindness problem. And gentleness and faithfulness. Self-control, right? They all go together. And if you look at it from a more positive and encouraging side, if you really are full of love, if that is causing you to be joyful and peaceful, then guess what? You will be a patient person as well. People who are genuinely loving and joyful and peaceful are patient by God's grace. And they're also kind and they're good and they're faithful and they're self-controlled. You see, they all go together. These are the things that should mark all of us. This is the portrait of the normal, expected, spirit-empowered Christian life. All right, I think that's all I need to say about the content of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the things that are part of the fruit of the Spirit are fairly self-evident. Is You know what love is. You know what joy is. You know what faithfulness is without hearing me preach a sermon about those things right now. What we need to do is to know how to bear this fruit in our lives, right? I want this amazing fruit, this multicolored pear with all of these different aspects uh, of the fruit of the Spirit. I want that in my life. I want it to grow big and to be ripe. But how do I get there? How do we experience the blessing of fructification in our lives? The, The obvious thing that we need to realize that our young people up front already reminded us of this morning is that this is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is not a work of our hands. Plants don't make themselves grow. Trees don't make themselves bear fruit. Orange trees don't wake up in the morning and say to themselves, well, if I concentrate really hard, if I think really orange thoughts, if I put forth all my effort, I will sprout forth a bud today and I will grow an orange. Trees don't do that. So why would we do that when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? The fruit of the Spirit is a supernatural work of God in our lives as He shapes us into the people that He created and called and redeemed us to be. And He does it by the power of His Holy Spirit. Okay, well then, so then we do nothing? Well, no, that's not right either. Okay, well then, which is it? Is it our effort or is it the work of the Spirit? And what the Bible teaches is that it's both. We have a role to fill in this process, but it's essential to understand that our role is a secondary role. It's a cultivating role, not a germinating role. That is important and an essential distinction that many of us can lose sight of. The the process of, of bearing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we have a role to play, but it's a cultivating role, not a germinating role. What we mean by that is that if you take a seed... The potential for growth, all the DNA, everything it needs to become a plant or a bush or a tree, everything it needs to become what it was created to be is in there somewhere in the seed. Right? So if you give me an acorn, somewhere in that acorn is an oak tree. It's, it's tough to see it when it's in acorn form, but it's in there. And when it germinates, when it sprouts, when it begins to grow, it begins to live out the potential that was there all along. And the role of the gardener in the process is not to create the acorn, 
not to give it the potential to become an oak tree. All the gardener does is create a healthy growing environment so that the seed can live up to its potential. If you give a sterile seed to the best gardener in the world, it won't matter what he does. It's not going to bear fruit. The gardener cannot make the seed germinate. The gardener cultivates. I'll give you a real-life example. You can try this at home. Uh, Get a pineapple. Cut the top off of the pineapple, that green part that sticks up off the pineapple, the part you don't eat. Cut that part off. Plant it in dirt. Keep it inside in a pot inside. Eventually, that top of that pineapple is going to grow. And it's going to get bigger and bigger. And if you wait, it takes a while. You've got to keep it warm. It takes maybe two or three years. But eventually, it's going to grow a pineapple for you. You're going to have your very own fresh pineapple from your very own pineapple plant if you just plant the top of the pineapple in a pot with dirt. You don't have to add anything at all to the plant. You have to add dirt to the pot. You have to water it. You have a role to play, but it's a secondary role. It's an important one, but it's secondary. Your role, our role, is to create an environment where the pineapple can grow and thrive. But creating the environment where the pineapple can thrive is different than saying, I created a pineapple. Gardeners don't create plants. They cultivate them. And that's like our role in the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot cause yourself to bear fruit. The Holy Spirit does that work. The Holy Spirit regenerates your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one at work in you, changing you, shaping you, forming you into the person that God has called and created you to be. But you can either cultivate that work and create an environment in your life where the good work that the Spirit is doing will flourish and thrive like a rainforest or a greenhouse, or you can quench that work and you can make your life like a desert and you can starve your soul of nutrients and Neglect to water it, and then you'll produce little shriveled up, unhealthy fruit. In that case, the problem's not with the spirit. The potential was all there. The problem is that the person neglected the work of the spirit and didn't cultivate it, and so it withered. And now, in an effort to just be as practical as possible, we're going to close our time, and we're going to close our time by talking about what it looks like for us to be good gardeners. And I think verse 26 sums it up. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, if the Spirit is in us, then let us walk by the Spirit. The way we cultivate a healthy growing environment in our souls and in our church is by walking by the Spirit. Now at this point I could start listing specific things to do like read the Bible and pray and go to church and engage in fellowship. All those things really will help create a healthy growing environment in our hearts if we do them out of love and not out of legalism. But I don't want to talk about those things right now. I just want to close by giving us a picture of how to create a healthy environment for the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So earlier I talked about Take ten looks at Jesus for every one look at ourselves. I just want you to picture it like this. I know I've used this illustration before, but I think it works well here. It's the image, image of heliotropism. Heliotropism is those flowers that follow the sun across the sky, that they move. Uh, they kinda, it looks like they're looking at the sun as the sun goes across the sky during the day like sunflowers, or, or there's other flowers that do that. It's almost like they know what they're doing, right? 
They, they, they know where the source of, of strength and energy is. They know it's coming from the sun, and so they just track it all day long. They move, and they're looking. They're orienting themselves to the source of their strength so that they can be healthy. And that's how it is for us, too. That's walking by the Spirit. Those plants are not making themselves grow. The sun is, but those plants are orienting themselves towards the sun so that they can grow. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to orient ourselves to the sun, to, to, to the Son of God, to Jesus. He is our strength. We need to get our eyes lifted up off ourselves, off the world, and onto the Son, our Redeemer, who loved us enough to lay down His life for our sins. And when he is the one around whom we have oriented our lives, our souls will be healthy, growing environments. And our souls will be lush greenhouses for the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for the ways that you are shaping and forming us. Thank you for the ways that you continue to be at work in us. Thank you for the friendship ministry and for the friends that we have here who participate in this ministry and thank you for the ways that their lives are showing the fruit of the Spirit in beautiful ways. We pray that you would continue to bear that fruit in their lives and in our lives as well. In Christ's name, amen.